Hello, everybody. Welcome to Show to V with Mike Chi, the show of life, the show of hands, the show of enunciation, and today, the show of food. I'm chatting with Brian Lance Gonzalez of the El Chile Group. They've got amazing restaurants, multiple restaurants. We talk about each location to some degree in the interview, but it's really, really making me hungry now. It made me hungry then, and I'm even more hungry now. Not to mention, kind of top it off, chatting about Fun 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 Fest this year, talking about a Pisco program, perhaps the, perhaps the first Pisco program in Austin. And I think you'll like it. We go in and around a lot of different areas, and it's my pleasure to share with you my interview with Brian Lance Gonzalez of the El Chile Group. And then... We changed it up both weekends. For El Chile, we did a Nobolito taco. Oh, man. So it was like vegetarian Cactus vegan. Cactus is so good, though. We did it on a handmade blue corn tortilla. Yeah. Which was great. Um, for El Alma, the first weekend, um, what did we do? I don't even remember. Eggs and tortilla, but the, everything's handmade, though, and oh, yeah. it's fresh. It's one of those things, man. For Alcamar, we did a shrimp aguachile, which is essentially raw shrimp. The majority of shrimp that you find even in sushi restaurants. Right. And... It's, co- it's cooked in some sense, right? Right. But... So this was raw. You guys cook it with citrus? Barely. Oh, wow. Barely. Like, we cooked it there in citrus. Wow. Um, How long does it take to, to cook it? Like... 20, 20 minutes oh, Depend, not bad. depends on how much you have yeah, right right but it's essentially raw shrimp so a very different texture than yeah. what people are normally used to which is uh it's almost uh kind of uh, man i'm trying to think of the best way when you if it was like corn it's starchy when i've had freshwater well freshwater shrimp right. but it's 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 not particularly crisp it's like kind of sludgy right. tasting it's, it's it's i i would describe it as like this isn't like the best server word to use, but <laughs> it's it's almost slimy. And yeah, it's kind of slimy, yeah. but it but it drags. Like it's not just slimy. Yeah, some stuff slimy, right? But like uni, it, it uni right? Sea urchin is 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 totally slimy, but this is like thick and slimy. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Sea urchin does have this really interesting kind of poppy texture. Sure, the Peruvian chef we were talking about earlier, he made this amazing amazing dish that had something called finger lime caviar with actually it. finger limes with actual finger limes. oh wow what did he do with it um pulling up a picture of course <laughs> well i have pictures but i also have uh, it was actually a recipe i have a really nice description because finger limes somewhere. are supposed to be in- incredibly tart right if i've seen them, i've seen them on chopped that's the only thing i've seen them on it was 
so he was doing like a stage type mm-hmm. thing for us. He did a tasting and he sent out a 10 course meal oh, wow. for me and Carlos and Orlando. How was it? Phenomenal. Man. 10 courses? Yeah. Could you walk out okay? Uh, I was strangely content. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't overly full. I wasn't like lethargic. Right, right. And we had some wine too, but yeah. it was... Well, it helps digest, obviously. It was the perfect amount of food. So this was a striped sea bass tiradito, which is... What is that? Um, so it's almost like a Peruvian take on sashimi. There's a lot okay. of Japanese influence mm-hmm. in Peru, and they actually have a style down there called Nikkei. Okay. That is very Japanese. Is it? Did it come from uh, immigrants or anything, or is it just inspiration from what's happening in Japan? Um, there's a, a large Japanese population oh, okay. in okay. Lima. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of their kind of cultural heritage right. is infused into the cuisine. But it was a striped sea bass tiradito, um, which means like tiradito is thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like kind totally of... drunk or <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, they, so it's just kind of thrown together uh-huh. in other words. And in Peru, you're supposed to eat ceviche first thing in the morning. Really? Why is that? Because that's when the ships come in. Oh, so it's as fresh as possibly it's can as be. as fresh as possible. That makes so, a lot of sense. So Peruvians have ceviche for breakfast. Wow. And Coffee too? Yeah. Like what pairs with a ceviche in the morning? I can't even imagine to think. I'm going to find out when I go. <laughs> well, you have to let me know because I'm thinking, is it coffee? Is it Pisco? I mean, what? First week of December. I'll yeah. let you know. Yeah, please do. We'll have to kind of follow up and see. But so this 10 course meal, is it unlike things you've had before? Because it seems like Peruvian food is going to be pretty unique. Finger limes is not a big ingredient in American right. cuisine at all. And he used it in this particular dish mm. as texture. Interesting. Um, to create a little bit of interest. Right. So it was a striped sea bass tiradito mm-hmm. with uh, grapefruit juice, orange juice, chives, and a cilantro mint puree. Oh, wow. With finger lime caviar just kind of tossed on top. Interesting. So does that, it's that whole, because you think about cocktails, you've seen the spherification where you drop a, you drop a, a fat, I think, into really cold oil, and then it just verifies it, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. So, was that your favorite of the ten? I think this next one was my favorite of the ten. It's um, a classic ceviche mixto. A mixto, okay. And they, so it's it's scallops, it's octopus, it's red snapper. Oh yeah. But my favorite part of it is. Um, Look in, look in there. It's called a leche oh, de wow. tigre. Yeah, what is that? Which means milk of the tiger. It's um. It's like a coconut milk. No, it's no. it's it's not milk at all. It's how do you say? It? It's like a fish infused mm-hmm. ceviche juice. Oh, like a consomme. Yes, like a fish consomme. Oh, yeah, very so much d- like that. It is fishy, or is it earthy and rich? Because fish, you know, if you have you think it's about fish citrusy dot- and bright. Yeah, so it just ex- accentuates everything else yeah. going on in there. It's amazing. And they, the the guy, his name is Christopher Camancho. Mm-hmm. He said, by all means, drink the juice. Drink the juice. Drink the juice. Drink the leche de tigre at the bottom. Yeah. It's amazing. So w- would you say that this meal maybe was a turning point for you? Like that, that you're saying, now I have to get to Peru. Because you, you're doing it for good reason, right? You're right. out kind of doing R&D, yeah. if you will, for, for what is maybe a, a re- 
conceptualization of El Sapo. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. so, you know, let's take a step back. Actually, you know, it's like I almost want to talk about Drake sucking at ACL. <laughs> I kind of want to like <laughs> take that, that tangent, right? Because Drake's, a, you know, Drake slow is a term you would use for anybody. Like, oh, man, that guy's Drake slow, right? Like, that's just, that's how it is. <laughs> no, that's, just, that's very true. It's very totally true. true. But but Florence, you said Florence Machine was really good. She was amazing. Yeah. It, she, at one point, um, so she never wears shoes on stage. Oh, really? And... I guess for Austin, she wore her burnt orange and like mm. white flowy, whatever. Like a big gown or something, or just like like a white flowy pantsuit. Oh, with gotcha. A, okay, with an orange top and a la Jenny Lewis. Yeah, and yeah. At, one, at one point, she said, "I want everyone to take something off," and <laughs> she proceeded to like hit this amazing chord, and everyone like took their shirt or whatever off, yeah. and. Uh, Anted up something. Everybody yep. anted up something. Yeah, it was. So do you feel like great. she had him in the the palm of her hand? The oh audience? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's good. I think you know we were all waiting for a while for a new record, and that kind of feeling like dropped. And it's good to see him doing. They're an exciting band. At least they're enjoyable. Because sure. let you know, let's just say ACL. If ACL was only Florence and the Machine and Drake, dude, no one would go to see Drake. Nobody. Nobody. They just they wouldn't. There's no way. And yeah. I, you know, I don't even give a shit if I'm being hard on Drake. He was in uh, Degrassi Junior High, you know? Yeah. He's got everything set up for him. That Sprite money, that's some good money. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. So you, what? what's the, what's the best title? You know, I, I throw around beverage director. Are you R&D? What, what does your boss call you? It's funny. He we we were introducing besides son of a bitch, which probably <laughs> probably happens more often than more often than other things. Yeah. Um, we were we were talking to the staff at El Stop at mm. El Sapo about what what our plans are and right. what to expect in the next few months and where we're going. Mm. Um, and he started off by introducing himself to the entire staff mm. and you know what his background was, where he came from. Right. Uh, what we've done in the past, what's been successful, what we've learned from. Right. And um, this is what, you, what the fifth or the sixth restaurant you guys have opened. Well, <laughs> it's, I mean, there's lots, there's, there's whole lots. There's, there's uh, in my time. Yeah. We've, so I've been with El Chile group. It'll be two years this Friday. That's crazy. Congratulations. That's Thank a you. great anniversary. But they've been around for 12 years. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and well, even uh, when they were downtown on Congress, like way yeah. back in the day. So there's there's definitely been um some restaurants that have come and gone. Right. Restaurants that just kind of lived their life cycle mm-hmm. and some that were learning experiences. Sure. And um but it's probably oh, I wouldn't even know which which number it is. <laughs> <laughs> but right now we have El Chile, El Alma, El Sapo, two El Chilitos, right, right. and El Comar. So that's six places, unless I counted wrong, which no, is very six. possible. That's six. That's a um, hell of a, a rain we're over also, Austin. We're also going to open an El Chilito off of Manchac. Oh, wow. And um, over by the uh, A and W and the the Whataburger and stuff over there, right, right across Ben White. Ah, yes. So you guys will kill it over there. It's it's a area that's very underserved in Absolutely. terms of tacos, and we yeah. we've had the space for a few years, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of waiting everything for everything to fall into place right. to make it happen. How did it feel to? There's lots to talk about, right? So 
let's let we'll we'll diverge just for a second. Yeah, so yeah. you have some background in the food industry, though, right? Because you were in San Antonio, right? Yeah. So yeah. I I started off. Um, well, I started off as a busser, right? At um, a restaurant called Sushi Zushi. Yeah, which is I don't care what anybody says; it's good. <laughs> it tastes good, man. It really it's does. It's, yeah. And it's Mexican sushi. Sure. Like, call it what it is. You put a jalapeno on my sushi, I mean, I'm not going to bitch about it. I'm not It's mad. good. Yeah, it's great. So I started off as a busser there. What, what, uh, what year would you say? Um, I was 17. 17. How old yeah. are you now? 20, 28. 28, right? Okay. Started off as a busser there when I was 17. Mm. Um, worked my way up to server. Yeah. Um, by the time that happened i was off to ut and i came back would you say uh, utsa or ut in austin so i went to utsa for a year okay and then but by the time i became a server over there mm -hmm. it was time for me to go to ut in austin gotcha. so i spent my freshman year at utsa mm -hmm. um did the cat program came up to ut austin my sophomore year mm -hmm. by then i was you know like first year server at so, sushi sushi uh, decent probably decent money right yeah yeah, I mean, going from Great a money. busser to that is pretty good. Which location was was open in Austin at that point? The one that's there on Fifth Street. There wasn't one. There right? wasn't one open. Oh. So, um, but but they had plans. Right, right. In fact, they signed their lease at Fifth Street, mm -hmm. or they signed their lease at the Domain, but then opened Fifth Street before Domain. First, okay, okay. Um, so to make a long story short, I went back and forth. From San Antonio to Austin, just uh, what like for for school seasonally or weekends seasonally. or yeah. So like winter break, mm -hmm. um, I'd go back to Sushi Sushi and serve. Yeah. Uh, summer break, fall break, um, I basically spent my time in San Antonio, learning Sushi Sushi and making money. Right. I Get, and and getting immersed in the food business, consequently, right? Right. So what did you study at? You said CAP program. I'm not familiar with that. What what were you studying up at UT? Well, so the CAP program is just you go to a UT system school for mm -hmm. a year. Okay. You get a great GPA and they you get automatic admission to UT oh, great. the next year. What program did you get admitted into? Because so, <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling it has nothing to do with food. Nothing. Yes. I started off as a clarinet performance major. That's amazing. In the school of music. That's crazy. How long had you been playing clarinet? That since you were sixth grade. Yeah. Wow. So it, did it, you delve into? Obviously, you probably had a, an affinity for classical music. Always. Yeah. Any any hit makers for you? Anything that really really inspired you there? Um, Gustav Holst's The Planets. Uh, oh, the, oh, the planets, yeah. Igor Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. Mm -hmm. um, in marching band, junior year, the year I was a drum major, we did uh, the music from Gladiator. Which is not bad. Who was not, it? Like Hans, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer or something? Hans yeah, Zimmer. there we go, yeah. Um, and then we had some, we did original pieces. Yeah. Senior year. So... You must... Did you grow up in San Antonio? I grew up in San Antonio. 100%? 100%. Yeah. You... Uh, any siblings? I have an older brother. Was he a good influence in terms of music? Sometimes we get our musical tastes from our brothers or sisters. Not at all. Not he, at all. He was, no. he was huge into country music. Uh, 
and <laughs> that was that was not my style. Yeah. And then my little brother was like huge into death metal. That not, is not doesn't my leave style. you much. Yeah, it doesn't leave you much moderate middle space there. Yeah. yeah. So I became the the classical music yeah. enthusiast, and I uh, so yeah, I started off at UT as a clarinet performance That's major. That's crazy. That's really cool. Crazy. Decided that wasn't for me. Yeah. But I was in the I was in the wind ensemble. I was in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy I was in the marching band? So I played alto sax in the or- orchestra symphony, and yeah. then I played guitar in jazz band. So just to throw that out, those nerdy high school and middle school years. I love it. What? It's not so bad. It's pretty good socially, right? Did you hang out Absolutely. with the band kids? And absolutely, and that? Yeah. band was. <laughs> it's a great it's bonding. Re- experience. I'm really cool to say this. Band was my life. Yeah, that's awesome. In high though. school, yeah. Did you? Was that kind of? Did you guys? go outside of the classical thing too i think that that's where i made a lot of my musical explorations oh yeah is, is the band kids yeah like oh check out this band check out this band fucking genesis right well, i remember that yeah. i remember yes i remember lots of that stuff and then from band i kind of found my way into the jazz choir yeah so you're um, a singer as well yeah so at ut i i was in the marching band wind ensemble mm-hmm. whatever playing clarinet when I decided the music school wasn't for me, mm-hmm. I switched into um, College of Liberal Arts. Both yeah. of my parents had been English teachers, so I was always good at writing. In, and in uh, high school or college in San Antonio? Uh, so my mom was a high school English teacher. Uh-huh. My dad was a middle school English teacher who later went on to become a Spanish professor at UTSA. Oh, wow. Did So did uh, when you were going to us? You UTSA? Did you work with him at all there? No, no, he wasn't no. still there. No, he he had become a high school Spanish teacher, uh-huh. um, and then he retired last year. Now he's a Spanish professor again at University of the Incarnate Word. No kidding, in San Antonio, though. Mm-hmm. So did did that? I, I imagine like you have an erudite family. They're reading a lot. I mean, they're they're articulate. Yeah. Uh, did that have any influence on how maybe you? you learned how to present yourself? I would say so. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like my parents... Well, Spanish was, was my first language. Okay. Yeah, you you, you pronounce the words eloquently. Well. <laughs> and I, it makes me very jealous. I'm just going to tell you right now. There are certain words I just hear you saying, tigre or something, right? And I'm just like, man, wish I could do it that way. But I don't speak it very well anymore but you were you guys speaking it at the house no no okay no because being in the education system once mm-hmm. you once like i got to kindergarten right they're like you've got to speak english here oh assimilate is that the right word yeah 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 did you so but you were born in san antonio were your parents from san antonio did they migrate from so my grandparents my uh my dad's parents are from Mexico. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Whereabouts, you know? I don't. Yeah. But, but it's, this is all kind of building up to make some sense why you yes. have such an interest in this, yeah. right? Yeah. And my uh, my mom's mom is from Mexico. My mom's dad is from Spain. Oh, wow. Okay. So 100% Hispanic. Totally rich Spanish or Hispanic heritage. Is right. That the right. Yeah. So that's good. So you make it, you, you have this nice, rich cultural English background. Obviously, two really intelligent parents. A death metal younger brother. Oh, uh, he's he's in other things too. <laughs> I'm sure. But you make your way to UT. 
music obviously influenced you a lot. What what was the moment where you're like, I can't do music anymore? Is it just too much practice? It wasn't feasible for a career or just didn't feel it anymore? Just juries. Yeah. Which are you go up and you play your instrument in front of a jury of your peers right. and they judge you. And <laughs> It seems counterintuitive to art, right? I mean, it's 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 essential for musical growth. Sure. But... Not I, artistic growth. Right, though. not yeah. artistic growth. Yeah. But, yeah, that was kind of when I decided it wasn't for me. Yeah. And then when I realized that, you know, career opportunities would be kind of limited if I only knew how to play the clarinet. And... I, I don't want to say that, but you could be very right. <laughs> <laughs> the clarinets, clarinetists, how do you say clarinetists? Clarinetists. Clarinetists, that's very good. Uh, maybe they aren't the most sought after in the market. Right. Yeah. Was, uh, and and within their own little sect, it's, it's a very competitive I'm phase. sure. I can't even imagine. So you found, were you relying more heavily than on getting more immersed in food at that point? Cause not food... even, not even that. No. So I found my way to the school of liberal arts department uh -huh. of English. Okay. And genetic man. Yeah. You're falling in your parents' footsteps. Yeah. yeah. And I'd always been good at reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I found out after my first year at UT, uh, -huh. I had spent a year at UTSA. I had spent a year at UT. Right. That at, by declaring English as my major, mm -hmm. I was ready to graduate. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like you had all the credits already? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So I was like, wait a second. Not not ready to do that yet. You want to still like play the field, the yeah. academic field, yeah. right? Yeah. I was like, I am 19. <laughs> Don't need that. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're done, but you can add a second major. Okay, that makes I sense. Said okay, so I played around in the College of Communication for a little bit. Sure, we all do that. Yep. Finally settled on corporate communication. Okay. And at that point, I thought I was going to go to law school. Right. I, I had sought after English and communication degrees with the intention of going to law school. Interesting. Okay. But I took a summer prep academy mm -hmm. in. There was a partnership between UT Law and the UTSA Center for Law and Public Affairs. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. Was it the people? Because they make me kind of my skin crawl I, sometimes. I law hate, students. I, it was the people. It was the material. It everything. was everything. And so I'm you, so thankful for that program now. Yeah. Because otherwise I would have gone to law school and spent God knows how much money right. doing something that I would have ultimately hated doing because right. I had no idea what it was. You still be in law school now. It Probably. Seems like. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was terrible not experience. For me. That's a good thing to know, though. To so, know what you don't like exactly. is actually very helpful. Yeah. So I graduated from UT mm -hmm. with no fucking clue what I was going to do. But you were, were you still commuting or were you living in Austin then? So at that point, Sushi Zushi had gotten closer to opening their first location mm -hmm. in Austin. And I had spoken to other management about working there. Right. Like I was going to be, at that point I had been trained to bartend. Okay. So I was going to be a like server bartender swing. Sure. And, good money. Good yeah. money for sure. And then I found out they were hiring management people from the outside. And I said, wait a second. Oh. I said, wait a second. That doesn't make sense to me. You that wasn't have, part of the deal, right? Like you have 
you know, someone who knows the brand, right. knows the food, knows the menu. Worked in many different positions in the organization, yeah. too. Yeah. And now has two college degrees. Right. Like, let me manage it. Yeah. So I just had to ask, and they're like, okay. That worked. Yeah. So they're, they're like, sure. Great message. If you ask, you will receive. That's very true. That's brilliant. And so how was that? So were you a so GM never, or brand manager? Or? I never actually got to manage the restaurant. No. Um, we were sitting in a meeting, me mm. and the two other managers right. for that location. Uh, the Being the Fifth Street? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I wasn't the GM. I was like the assistant manager. And right. then there was someone else uh, to assist us. Mm-hmm. And this is all a few months before the restaurant opened. It was being built. We were gonna about to start hiring staff and mm-hmm. training them. Sure. And we were sitting in a corporate meeting um, with the staff in San Antonio. And the owner, who is this brilliant man that... Mr. Zushi? Is that right? <laughs> his name is Alfonso Tomita. Okay, that makes even less sense. But, all right, but either way. He is a Japanese man who was born and raised in Mexico City. Oh, my gosh. Fluent in Japanese, Spanish, and English. Incredible. Worked crazy. for Encyclopedia Britannica in Japan for several years. Amazing, amazing. So he brought all of that knowledge sure. to this company. And we're sitting in a corporate meeting. And he said, you know, at that point, this was going to be Sushi Zushi's sixth location wow and he said you know we're getting to the size where we need somebody dedicated to marketing full-time right and i wonder who that was i wonder who took on the marketing <laughs> responsibilities I, I said well i you know i have a degree in communication um i know the brand i know mm-hmm. the austin market let I me, might, I might be able to do it. Were you being coy about it, or did you just ask? Because sometimes I, I like, just, I just kind of asked, yeah, and he was like, "Okay, you know, college kid, draw up, draw, make me a publicity campaign uh-huh. for how you would promote sushi sushi in the Austin market, right? And present it to me. We'll go from there. How'd it go? So I did, and at the time, you know, we. We had been told the restaurant was already going to be open. So they were sending us around to four different San Antonio locations Mm -hmm. to just pick up shifts and work and make some money before this location opened. Gotcha. And so I was managing a shift at Stone Oak one day. Mm -hmm. I took my lunch break. I uh, made an appointment with his assistant to... He has an assistant already. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Someday, man. Made an appointment (laughs) with her to, to talk to him. Yeah. I presented him my publicity campaign for Austin and he said, cool, I want you to be our corporate marketing manager. And at the time I was like, okay, so I'm like, I'll manage shifts here right, right. in Austin and then I'll like do this on the but side. But no, that means everything, doesn't yeah, he, it? He said, he said, no, I want you to be, I want All you to handle it. marketing for the entire restaurant group. Did you shit yourself? Yeah. Yes. And I would. I would. I probably. I'd probably piss myself. I was. I was just like, okay. <laughs> you didn't think it would work. You no. didn't think that. I didn't. You're have... like, I'll just ask this like just huge swinger for the fences thing, and then it <laughs> then it comes down to it happened. It happened. That's inc- that's great. And did did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. I worked for them for four and a half years. Yeah. In the office, a total 
time of seven years right so at bef- sushi sushi gotcha in- including like serving bartending managing mm. truly and- truly a man of the people working his way <laughs> through the ranks right that is i mean if you think about it that is a prototypical or pro- yeah it's a prototypical right. success story if you think about it the guy that was washing the dishes turns up to manage with a, in a degree right turns out to yeah, manage yeah, yeah. all the marketing and stuff I mean, that, do you feel pretty successful at that point? Yeah. Yeah. So I, and that was, I graduated at the time, like Facebook, Twitter were becoming bigger, big, bigger. Big things. Right? Yeah. So I created all of their social media pages. Um, I was also arguably the, the youngest person in the corporate office. I don't by, doubt that. Yeah. By like 10, 15 years. But they did never, they least. never looked at that as, as a weakness, right? Like, oh no, they did. Oh, they, they totally they, did. They but... You know, but you know more about that technical exactly, stuff than they exactly, yeah. and that kind of gave me the upper hand. Good, and um, so I built all their social media um, because I knew the menu so well. Mm-hmm. I ended up designing them a completely new menu. Is that the one we see today? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. It's good. I redid their cocktail list because I had bartended, mm-hmm. and I think crowdsourcing with bartenders is such a great idea. Sure. Especially when you have a restaurant group mm-hmm. and they're the people in the trenches every day. They like, they work with the ingredients. They work with the spirits. Right. They have their own ideas. And I ran a contest for the bartenders that said, make me a specific drink. Mm-hmm. And I assigned each location a spirit. A spirit, okay. So that we could have diversity and breadth in the right, cocktail right. menu. I assigned each location a spirit. And then I said create three different cocktails, mm-hmm. all of different flavor profiles using that spirit. And anything real peculiar in the spirit list? Um because you guys had a, a, just an amazing sochu menu. Sochu was great. Yeah. Um the most interesting spirit I think that I worked with was Hibiki. Hibiki t- uh the twelve or just the right Hibiki it's an amazing year. whiskey. Hibiki 12 year. Could you even make a, a sensibly priced cocktail with the Hibiki no. 12? No. no. Good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, bartenders. You got Hibiki 12. Make <laughs> it happen, right? And then, um, so that's, that's, and you still see that cocktail list at Sushi Sushi today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, my favorite. So I have a, I have a baby. It's mm-hmm. still on the, that cocktail list. It's called the Japanese Yellow Jacket. I originally made it with um, Suntory Yamazaki. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, great stuff. To make it more cost-effective, we sure. used makers. Sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, makers yuzu puree. Yuzu, oh, wow. Where do uh, you get this? So just real it, quickly, where do you get yuzu fruit from? Because I don't see it fresh much. It's it's a puree from Lux. Okay, Lux okay. Something. And, you guys filter uh, it out and add water or whatnot yeah, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's makers, um, yuzu puree, mm-hmm. diced Fuji apple. Oh, wow. And then grilled serranos. That is insane. It sounds so disparate, but I bet it was very delicious. It somehow worked out really, really well. Really? The, the, the brightness from the, the citrusy brightness from the yeah. yuzu. Yuzu is different. It's almost electric. Yeah. And yeah. the apple, mm-hmm. the Fuji apple mellowed it out a little bit. Right. The, uh, 
and then the Serranos gave you that kick and the the whiskey provided the sweetness. Yeah. So if you died today, you know that you still left your you left loud and clear your imprint. At with, Sushi Zushi. With your whiskey yuzu cocktail. That's pretty good. So why did you choose to leave? Was it because other opportunities arose? Were you having some problems? Like just total difference of opinions? I imagine <laughs> it's probably all of the above. I knew it was time to go <laughs> uh, when all of the restaurants shut down. Well, that is a pretty good indicator. It was a, it was a great indicator. When did, what, in San Antonio? Did, did they Everywhere. Mesh? Really? So all four restaurants in San Antonio, the two Austin locations, no the two Dallas locations. Was it financial? Was it regulatory? What, what happened? It was um, basically the kitchen walked out. Oh, my God. The kitchen walked out. They took all of their recipes with them. Because wow. for, for years at Sushi Sushi, since the inception, you mm-hmm. had... The front of house, yeah. which could be managed and regulated to a T. And then mm-hmm. you had the back of house. Back of house um, were basically all related. Mm-hmm. The seven or the eight sushi chefs, mm-hmm. the lead sushi chefs at each location were all brothers. Oh, my gosh. From the Ramirez family. They, you got no B um, team. It's all varsity no, team. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. So um, what, what, uh, what caused them to, to pop out of there? They got news of, and it's looking back, it's, it was all just a huge error in communication. Misunderstanding. Huge misunderstanding. They thought, um, immigration was going to come raid the kitchens or whatever. Why, why would they think that? Like I said, a huge misunderstanding, a huge miscommunication. I did Paranoia, so, man. It's always a miscommunication. Exa- yeah. Exactly. And so one day, it was a Friday. Uh-huh. Um, or Thursday night, we got word that I was out with uh, three other people on the mm-hmm. corporate team, kind of around my age. Right. But you're still the the the, the, the highest ranking one. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, but they... Um, so we were out having drinks and we got word someone called one of one of the girls I was with mm-hmm. and they said, Hey, um, the chefs are dumping all of the sauces down the drain. Down the drain? And they're just walking out with They like, won't even just leave it for somebody? Why would they dump it down the there's Because so we it... didn't have recipes for them. Oh my god. We didn't have recipes to recreate. That's like burning the body, right? So, so they you dumped, never get they they said, Hey, the chefs are dumping all of the sauces down the drain. They're walking out of here with like whole fillets of fish. Oh my god! They're taking their sushi knives. What's going on? And this was a, a a total like all throughout the restaurants. Everywhere it was, was a, it. It was coordinated? a coordinated. It was a coordinated Holy thing shit. by the by the lead chef. That's insane. Dude, it was basically like, hey, La Migra is coming tomorrow. Take all your shit and go. It's like that scene from Goodfellas, it right? Was... Where Jimmy's like, well, they all got to go. And everybody <laughs> starts dying at the same time. So this was coordinated in San Antonio and Austin. And Dallas. Oh, my God. that's And Southlake. You got to give them some credit to, to coordinate something that spans four cities. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So were four you cities, guys... eight locations. Like, I what? can't even believe it. So were you mid-service? You said it was a Thursday no, night or it Friday was, night? it was Thursday night as we were closing down. Oh, okay, okay. They, so no customers are out. Yeah, like got they, they got through that night. Well, that was nice then, of them. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. 
And then no one showed up on Friday. Oh my gosh. In all of the restaurants, it was crickets in the kitchen. Holy shit. Like they showed up to work the next day. Like front of house people front showed house, up to work right. the next yeah, day yeah. and they're like, okay, we're ready to go. No one's here prepping. There's <laughs> no not... one's here making the food. Oh my gosh. Uh, they're like, we're supposed to open soon. How did you, how does one even go about fixing that issue? Well, so remember, I'm the only marketing guy. That's right. Which means all the PR falls onto me. Sure. So it's your fault. So. <laughs> right? I mean, it is. Like, it's people are like, well, well what's I just, the problem? I, yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I was on radio stations in San Antonio. I was sending the word out on Facebook. I was on Twitter. Wow. Um, I actually, I mean, I'm a. At the point, at the time, I was like a 22-year-old kid who had no worthwhile experience in yeah. PR except like a an internship my senior year. Man, so I called a lady I knew who did PR, and I was like, "Look, this is a big snafu. Yeah, this is you, huge. like I know when I need help, and I yeah. need help now. So help me formulate a message. Wow, that I can blast to people. What was the message? It was." Due to unforeseen circumstances, Jeez. all of our restaurants are temporarily closed. What kind of rumors were circulating? Because that's that doesn't happen, right. right? Like if all of a sudden, all the McDon, all of the McDonald's all closed down, you're thinking, well, is this kind of a Walking Dead? Is this how Walking Dead started? <laughs> like, how, what the fuck is going on? Right? Like, what what, it, what were some of the things that were circulating? What did people think was happening? I think some people thought there were like drug ties right. to the owner or which it was not the case sure. at all but you know people they're that's like that's what oh, happened in austin right oh, there's all those of, bars closing exactly yeah. exactly um but people were like oh you know or some people thought that, that even the owner was illegal and he got deported and oh had to gosh. close all of his businesses and not the case yeah of course not but it was just so interesting looking at it from, you know, or being in it. Right. And well, and being the guy to that send has to met- offer some kind of statement. Right. right. So, so I was on the radio. I was on, I, I had a, I got with this lady mm-hmm. and we invited all of the press right. to Sushi Zushi at Lincoln Heights for the owner to make a statement. Wow. Um, and you know to just kind of clear the air and say like hey bottom line is Mm -hmm. our kitchen's gone and they're not coming back oh man that's crazy um so so where'd you find yourself like were they we poached (laughs) (laughs) we poached sushi chefs who were working at heb we poached it's good talent sushi chefs from any other neighboring place right and the sauces that we did have, mm. we reverse engineered. Oh, wow. How'd you do that? Just in the kitchen? Did you send them off? Just in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Like tasting it, pe- just people, kind of figuring out. Yeah. People that did sit, stay like, oh, this one has a little bit of spice. That's probably paprika or right, right. whatever. <clears throat> but... That's a it big was, it fucking was a, deal. It was a whirlwind of crazy. Did it ever come so, down on you that the like 
whatever the perception was, even if you guys did all these measures to correct it, which sounds like you did, someone's got to take the fall. It's You know what I mean? Like someone always has to take the fall for this nephew. It was the, the guy who orchestrated it. Like every, everybody yeah. knew that it was him. Gotcha. And, so they called they called him out. He right. was absolutely the right. And you know you could. <laughs> he had defriended everybody mm-hmm. on Facebook, so they couldn't see what he was posting. Right. He didn't defriend me, so no I could shit. see what he was posting. So the he head was... of marketing and PR, he doesn't. <laughs> so obviously, he's not a too, too brilliant of a gentleman Mm-mm. to coordinate this. Well, so you guys recovered, obviously. It yeah. took some time. Well, they all the all of the restaurants were closed for two months. That is all of them painful for yes. revenue, right? Yeah, um, we managed to restaff the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Completely new people. Some of them, some of the people who walked out mm-hmm. came back. Oh wow! Okay, and you guys were like, sure. And- yeah, come they, back. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, sorry, we were just doing what we were told to do right. by the guy who was our boss." Got it. Yeah, no fault, really. Right. Um, so the ones who wanted to come back did. We welcomed them with open arms. Yeah. Otherwise, we rehired, retrained, and got all of them up and running as fast as we could. And mm-hmm. yeah, there was some stumbling in the very beginning people coming back and the food wasn't the same quality that right. they were it's used to take some time. Right. I'm sure. And so that was a PR F- fucking fiasco. <laughs> Where'd you find like, so this happens, you guys are ramping back up potentially operations are back to normal, but was it the same after that for you? No. What'd you do? Um, so right when that happened, I, I was like, yes, I'm, I will, see all of you through this Mm -hmm. but i immediately started applying for jobs Mm. and at the time i was lit i had my apartment here but i Mm -hmm. was commuting back and forth between san antonio and austin i think that's maybe when i met you like when you're on your kind of those last legs of susie jushi and so i i immediately started applying for jobs Mm -hmm. and you know just because when when something like that happens, you're like, well, shit, I could, I could go at any moment. I don't know. I mean, if if the whole staff can walk out, <laughs> they can dick out one dude at right. the top, easy, right? Easy. And so I probably had the most traction with McGarry Jesse. Oh, really? They were you going to do account management, or they wanted me to work on their Whataburger account. Oh, uh, got um, some, yeah, that's good. It's a good account. I had I had some I had lots of interviews with them. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Wait, you're too senior for the Waterburger account. Let's put you on something new." Interesting. So I was I went from Waterburger to like Yeti and Costa Del Mar. Oh wow! And then Great Austin brand. Well, at least Yeti, Great Austin brand, right? right? Yeah. And um, right when we were kind of in final talks, mm-hmm. they lost Sunny Delight. Oh, as a client, all those kids found out they were becoming diabetic. <laughs> so you can't drink Sunny Delight that much. <laughs> frankly, it becomes difficult, you know. So they lost Sunny Delight as a client. Mm-hmm. They had to shuffle people internally to avoid losing any bun, and they couldn't hire anyone new oh, at man. that point. So I was like, back to the drawing board. How'd you? I mean, did you feel like you had taken? Because you made one conscious decision to get away from music. 
and it seemed to work out up until then. Did you kind of contemplate going back to music at that point? Was that ever an option again? No. No. I don't think so. At that point, I was pretty entrenched in... Like, what else can well, you do? You well, know? no. I, I I made a conscious decision mm-hmm. to get out of the restaurant industry. Interesting. I said, no more restaurant industry for me because, uh, because I, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I hate to point it out, but... That didn't last very long. No, it didn't. <laughs> you all, you always find your way back. Yeah, you do. Um, why, do, why do you think that is, by the way? Because you go to what you know. Yeah. You go to what's familiar. And, and it's it's bound to be exciting. I mean, you it all, all the spots that, that, exactly. that El Chile grew. I mean, so many different types of food, so many different faces, so many different styles, so many different spirits. I mean, it's, it's stimulating. And there's always so much to learn. Yeah. Especially when you do... What I love about El Chile Group is that we do we don't just do one thing. No, Sushi Juicy just did one thing and right, they had eight right. different restaurants of the same thing. Doing the thing. same thing, yeah. Like here we have a to go concept. Right. El Chilito. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, upscale or like casual Tex Mex. Right. Chilito or Chile. Yeah. And then Alcamar is like the food forward spot, right? Where you guys are brainiacs and like really putting things together in a. Alma in and Jeff are so talented. Yeah, I mean, so it's so talented. I, can, I it sounds like a pretty good gig having to oversee that stuff. So how did that even had that work? Did you meet Carlos? Did you see the one that? So that I met you in? Carlos years ago at the Red House. Do you remember Red House Pizzeria? The pizzeria on, on Manor Road. Sh- Manor, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. where uh, uh, bar- Salty Salad is there Salas, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that patio out there was beautiful i loved it so, so great so i great. i had a friend who served there mm-hmm. um they had amazing margaritas yeah great pizza mm-hmm. pizza's really good and i spent a lot of nights there i spent a lot of nights just kind of hanging out it was great ambiance mm-hmm. very warm and cozy yeah. and i loved it the red house and i have fond fond memories sure but that's where i met carlos um was he just the patron there did you guys he, set out to talk to each other or? not at all he he i knew he was the owner uh through was, my friend i didn't know that and we just kind of started chatting and yeah. he and i became friends and um we kind of kept up with each other mm-hmm. over the years that i was at sushi sushi but in looking for and trying to leave Sushi Sushi, mm-hmm. I had noticed that all of the restaurants that Carlos owned on social media uh-huh. at the time, El Chile, El Alma, El Chilito, right. had gone dark. As and in no like, more like no, no one more posts. No, no one was posting anything. Ding, ding, ding. And so I texted him one day. As I was sitting at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, this is Brian. Um, if you ever need any help with marketing or right. social media or I know you know, anything. <laughs> I, I, I know a guy very well. <laughs> like anything PR related, mm-hmm. let me know. I'd love to do some contract work for you. Yeah. And that kind of... Opened the door. Well, I learned that... His sister, Maribel, who um, was their catering special I events. I actually remember marketing. having worked with her back in the day. Really? Chile, yeah, for a She's previous great. Uh, occasion, if you will. <laughs> occasion. Occasion, yes, yes. A personal um, occasion that ended 
horribly, but no, it's good. <laughs> Great food, however. So yeah. But so that it seemed like things were moving forward. Like you had a yeah. good opportunity there. Well, I found out that Maribel, who had been managing all of that, mm-hmm. moved to South America. Oh wow! To pursue her dream of becoming a chef. No way. So she had gone and studied at the Culinary Institute of America in mm-hmm. San Antonio. Um, they had a brand new Latin cuisine program. Program, okay. And she was like their in their first graduating class. Wow. And so she went to South America to study under the people who instructed her. No kidding. At CIA in San Antonio. So they moved back, or they they were they just teaching in San Antonio for a bit, and then right. moved back. Right. Where where which state or which nation in South America? She's been all over. All um, over. Wow. Carlos and Maribel are from Bolivia. Oh, wow. So it was almost kind of like going home. Yeah. But she's been to Chile. She's been to um, like Uruguay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's been to Brazil yet. She's been to Uruguay. Uruguay See, I would never say it Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I am. I feel terrible. I feel terrible about myself and how I pronounce that word. So how do you how do you say Paraguay? Paraguay. Damn it. I'm never going to get that. Good. <laughs> never. But she's been to she's been to. Chile, mm-hmm. um, Argentina, and so now, it, now yeah. she's in Peru. Is that is that who you're going to visit? Yes. So you're going to visit because you like to part. No, no, sorry. It's not there's, you just there, like to there, party. There's, there's a that. reason, right? Well, so Maribel is going to come back and mm-hmm. be a chef at the Peruvian concept. Uh, which is the... Is, what we're going to turn El Sapo into. Is it still going to be called El Sapo? No. Okay. It's going to be called Barranco. Barran- What's that mean? It Barranco is a place. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of 43 districts in Lima. Mm-hmm. And it's considered to be the most romantic, the most bohemian. So people get laid a lot. Basically. There. It's where all of the um, designers, artists, oh, okay. musicians. Um, West Village. It's it's very much like Brooklyn. Got it. In that way. Cool. Um, and it's Carlos's favorite place to visit. Yeah. When he's down there. Good food uh, on the edge of it's, breaking art, all, all of it, right? Like and it's just, right on the sea. Oh, man. So, Good beaches. So they, great beaches. Yeah. I'll let you know more about that. Yeah, please do. <laughs> you're um, heading out in December, you said. Yeah. And, um, so the, the seafood is fresh. Wow. You have a lot of, of, uh, and I think during that tasting, mm-hmm. five of the 10 dishes we had, mm-hmm. seven of the 10 dishes we had were seafood. Wow. So it all kind of ties together. You had a 10 course Peruvian menu and you guys are what? What was the impetus for wanting to change El Sapo? Was it a creative crisis? Was it something like the concept wasn't working? Because I've heard wonderful things about it. The burgers are great. We we realized that we were competing against ourselves, cannibalizing the, the brand. Street. Yeah, right. Oh, I see. You like margaritas, margaritas, mm-hmm. chips and queso, chips and queso. Right. Um, ultimately, what we're gonna do is combine the best parts of the El Sapo menu mm-hmm. with the El Chile menu. So you can get the best drinks from El Sapo right. at El Chile. Okay. The best burgers from El Sapo 
adult Chile. Oh, uh, okay. Makes so sense. That's, that's kind of where we're going. Yeah. And it's essentially in the same location because it's right across the street. Right. So you can get the same drinks, the same food, same location. Mm-hmm. What is, so I, I, cause I, man, it's making me think, I think about pub food. Cause that's what the, the concept is, right? Proving pub. Is that about Castro like, pub? Castro pub. Thank you. So I think of something that is salty and crunchy, but I don't know what that is. Improving cuisine. Uh, tostones, oh. right? In Cuban. So you get the plantain chips, but what, do, what do you guys offer up in the Peruvian space? So these shit, I forget what they're called. I don't They look good. They're, they? um, they show, show me a wonderfully it's a, crispy <laughs> picture. They, they, they are salty. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, they're crunchy, salty, crunchy. Is it, uh, uh, uh Oh, it's called chulpe. Chulpe. Okay. C-H-U-L-P-E. And okay. they are salted corn nuts oh, that have been fried. Oh, my gosh. Chulpe. But they look, lar- la- not just the kernels, they look larger, don't they? Or are they just... The... Corn down there is big. Is it? Okay. They have. Um, they also have another type of, uh, of corn called mm-hmm. choclo. Choclo, okay. C-H-O-C-L-O. Yeah. And that's giant Peruvian corn. Oh, wow. Um, are you guys going to bring some of those ingredients over? Are you absolutely. even... Absolutely. That's incredible. Can you even get them currently in the states do you have to ha- forge a an interesting partnership where you have to smuggle it in with cocaine or something still, or? <laughs> still exploring that still yeah, exploring yeah. that not out of the question not out of the question i just watched narcos you know a couple months ago that's a good show and i learned how to smuggle so many things <laughs> so many things in a boat so many things in a plane in a body and it so many things in a body <laughs> there will be proving mules <laughs> but the thing but the thing is like no one's gonna die from eating corn, so you're you guys are in the clear if you and choose to pr- proceed that we way. We are good. <laughs> so you know something that I also find particularly admirable about you is that it's not easy being in. I I use the term the industry. So the industry includes food, it includes booze, it includes indulgence for a lot of us. That's true. Yes, and you manage to say. Fuck all that indulgence, even though I'm sure you indulge because we're drinking mezcal right now, which we'll talk about in a second. But how do you manage to stay so like you focus on being healthy and you stay f- healthy? Like what? Why? I now to keep in mind, I love being healthy <laughs> and I try to work out as much as possible and all of that. But like, when did you make that decision that I have to be healthy to do this? Because you're teaching classes and stuff, right? I don't. I don't think I made a decision that I had to be healthy to do this. I just, I had always, that had just kind of, I was a gymnast when I was younger. A gymnast clarinetist? (laughs) I was a gymnast. Can you imagine? I I, I mean, I'm trying to think because you're sitting in front of me and I can see what you look like, but (coughs) I don't know if I read a book about a a gymnast clarinetist, what the hell I would think. So you just have always been healthy. My, uh, my uncle um, on my mom's side, mm-hmm. owns a gym up in Dallas. Oh, okay. Um, and my cousin is a collegiate athlete at University of Missouri. Wow. Um, so gymnastics has always just kind of been in the family. No kidding. And good genes, so to speak. I was a I was a gymnast from the time I was five till I was eighteen. What kind of what? Any moves you particularly like? There's very little that I can still do. Yeah. I can still do a back handspring, a round off back handspring, back tuck. Wow. Um, and then I'll play on the like 
chin up bars at right. the park every now and then do some like fun so cartwheels are just it's a kids play yeah for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah you get that do you ever get to do that stuff like in in your co- your present day life doing back springs <laughs> and stuff like that after after a couple drinks i'm like oh i'll uh i'll just do a little tumbling pass yes uh, not always the smartest idea i don't know that it would be yes <laughs> <laughs> i was um i was walking home or i was walking to the parking garage mm-hmm. from the hall and oats show oh, at acl live got a, a Yes, the lovely Hall and Oates. The lovely Hall and Oates. And I used to do this thing in middle school where I ran up the wall and did a backflip. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you know, this was a few months ago. Not that, maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, middle school wasn't that long ago. Sure, just 40 I, years ago. <laughs> I, I can probably still do that. Uh-oh. I, I uh, fell on my face and broke my nose. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's <laughs> how much had you had to drink? Uh, a moderate amount. This many? I don't know. <laughs> He's holding up twenty fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did it heal? Is everything good now? Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I. It looks even to me. <laughs> I mean, I luckily I didn't have to get it reset. The the doctor oh, was just like, oh, that'll that'll heal on its own. Oh good. As I had two black eyes and. What did people think happened? Because you you can't. I mean, I. What was the story that you? I mean, that I fell. Yeah, that you fell (laughs) onto your face. (laughs) You. How about someone was trying to steal your Hall Notes tickets, (laughs) and you had to obviously defend those. And I fell. And I fell. (laughs) He was a big guy, twice twice my size. What's good? So it seems like you know we, we, like I said, we met a little while ago, but we also. I love spirits. I, I know that you have a you and Carlos particularly have a really big interest in spirits, and we had kind of like a private mezcal tasting, and and it was really a wonderful occasion. Good to share with you. But so I think that you know this new Peruvian concept is going to absolutely. You're going to be have be the one that has to teach me about pisco. So what? Well, I myself am still learning. I know, so I'm just going to let, like, you're paying the money to go out there. So then I'm going to have to say, hey, Brian, we're going to have to da- have a download session where you just, like, tell me everything you oh, know about Oh, for sure, session. for sure. And I'll I'll bring you some bottles. Yeah, we've got five incredible-looking bottles of Pisco. That... Used to be six, but I drank one. <laughs> it still looks, but they, I smell them. They're downstairs. little bottles, they're little bottles. That's true, but they look really, really brilliant. Is there something about Pisco that you particularly like? It's because it's different. It's it's punchy. It's definitely it's, different. Yeah. I'm I'm more of a mezcal and sotol person. I can't follow you for that. <laughs> In fact, you know, briefly we because we always pick a bottle for for all these conversations, and Brian insisted it's like, oh, let's let's pick the you know the this Tepestate Sierra Negra bottle. <laughs> I'm like, man, if people keep drinking that bottle, I'm not gonna have any left. And it's a wonderful, wonderful bottle. We'll make sure you get a taste of it. But in the meantime, you know, I picked up what is the Rey Campiero, the Habali, which is bre- really new to beautiful Texas. label, beautiful label. William Scanlon the third one of the best advocates of mezcal in Oaxaca, the guy bringing this stuff in. This is a special bottle. You, I think you're on your second copita. May I? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, tell me what, what you think, because the background I've got with it, I met someone 
in Oaxaca named Ignacio Pareto, I believe. Hobbly is really difficult to work with. Apparently, it foams up like a motherfucker. Okay. So when you cook it, it just foams in your still, and it can get into your column, which then defeats the purpose. You're not able to distill it the right way. Right. Yeah. But this one, it's it's new. There's not a lot of hobblies. This might, to my knowledge, be the first in the states. I'm I'm not familiar with hobblies at all. Yeah, it's new, and there you see some. They kind of look like a little mop head. Like they're really pretty small, and they're kind of look like a Karwinski, but really <laughs> pointy, but small, kind of okay. shrubby looking. You see some in Texas. I've actually had a few that I'd like to steal that are up by the the lake. I, I tell you, after talking to you and like knowing what a desert spoon looks like now, mm. I see them everywhere. 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 Does do, do dollar signs pop into your head too? Because I just look at, I'm, I'm just kidding, but like every one of those plants, there's, it's like, that's delicious. Okay, there's 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 one at El Alma, a uh-huh. huge one at El Alma. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like four Right across the street from Alcumar. No kidding. Yeah. They're... And every time... It's funny because we have the the cocktail with the Texas Sotol. Yeah, with the Sotol. On Thank our you menu. very much, yeah. And it's excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. And... It's Aperol. It's, walk me through it again. Is it so Aperol in there? It's called the Norteño. Mm-hmm. Norteño, yeah. Um, which means northerner um, because Sotol comes from northern Mexico and sure. central Texas. Absolutely. Um but it's uh, the uh, Deterra Texas Sotol, uh-huh. Aperol, and just a few drops of orange blossom water. Oh, wow. That's it. So um, some bitter, some fresh, some crisp, some right. vegetal. Served uh, a little orange swath oh, on the wow. rocks. Very simple. Yeah. Earthy. Sure. The Aperol brightens it up a little bit. Yeah. The... the uh, Orange blossom just kind of floats on top to make mm-hmm. a little bit of interest. How, how do your customers like mezcal generally? I imagine they're really nuts for it, even though it's a so oh, yeah. of course. I know there's but... there's people who will not have tequila once they've had mezcal. And That's they want amazing. It, they want it in all their margaritas. Right. They want it. Um, they'll ask the bartenders for their own recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've steadily watched the mezcal selection at Alcamar Grove. That's crazy. Any bottles there that you particularly like? I I picked up the Bien Picado. Did you really? It actually hit, it hit, hit Texas. That's awesome. Well, what do you think about the Hobbly here, which is a north of uh, 49%, I think, 49% ABV. It's different. It's kind of lighter and, and brighter than some of the other vegetal, like Karwinskis and Quiches. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had Mezcal. No kidding. I've been... How dare you? I've been on, <laughs> I've been doing the pisco thing. Yeah, which is far lighter. It's yeah, yeah. and I mean, I much prefer mezcal and sotol. Yeah, but it's clean. It's really really clean. It's a, it's something. It's odd because the label on this hobbly is orange, mm-hmm. and it tastes bright like an not orange specifically, literally, but it has that kind of feeling. And I don't know if that's because the bottle's leading my brain on. Or if that's how I really feel about it. It is bright. It is. Totally different. And Hobbly is good. I mean, we're good to see. Oaxaca's got one that's coming out. I'm going to go pick a bottle of that guy up. Okay. Um, there's an NC2 one I have downstairs. It's really, really nice. Hobbly is, it's hard. It's hard. The, a lot of people yeah. don't want to deal with it because it's such a difficult plant, you know? Interesting. So, 
does that mean then in the future, if you see yourself post? Post LGLA group, God forbid, right? You want to die? You're they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna bury you. They will bury me. Yeah, they will bury me. Do you see yourself doing a mescaleria? Do you see yourself doing a restaurant or Pilates? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, exercise route's not for me. No, no, too much. No fitness. No fitness instructing. Yeah. Um, even though you get the build for it, right? <laughs> well, maybe I'll be a gymnast again. There you go. That's 40. good. <laughs> um, I can see myself opening my own restaurant. Is that something you ever thought about before? Yes. And, you know, everybody that I work with mm-hmm. at LGLA group is so talented in so many different ways. Right. Carlos has all the business and, and real estate side of it, um, but also the creative and the wine and the, like, Carlos Carlos lives in the industry and I love yeah. it. Like, I have so much respect for that guy. He's a great guy. He's really nice. Orlando, who is uh, Carlos's number two, mm-hmm. his operating partner, um, is all over the restaurants. He's um, He has a brilliant brilliant accounting brain yeah um is very like people and operations oriented right and then of course alma so you you have such a talent you have all the resources like to just suck the brain out you've got (laughs) all the the reference material that you need right i do kind of step away all alma has amazing skill Mm -hmm. an amazing palette and you know, she she commands the kitchen. Yeah, you can walk into a restaurant and know when Alma's there. Can you can just feel it? You can. You don't even. You don't even have to look back there. You're just right. like, oh, Alma's here. Admirable trade, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff is a talent. I love his personality. Great food. Is there a thing that I always look at? That, you know, the places I love to go eat. They, they always have that one thing that although I'll order anything off the menu, there's that one thing I'll just kind of sit down and really, really enjoy. Like, so second bar kitchen, they have those damn chicken fried pickle or those pimento. Right. Uh, uh, the olives, the deep fried olives. And uh, I dream about those. They're so good. It just, do you have something like that with the restaurants? I have something everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> that I go. At, at Alcamar, it's probably the ceviche peruano. Yeah. Which is ahi tuna a pepper called ahi amarillo mm-hmm. um ginger those corn nuts that i showed you the yeah. choclo oh yeah they're really um cubed sweet potato fresh oregano so it's nice it's wow. bright and there i definitely have to drink the juice yeah from the ceviche like my mouth is watering now <laughs> <laughs> that's a mezcal too right that's prompting that's, you for yeah. some good food and then at Alma, it's different. She makes specials every week. Yeah. At El Chile, it's different. I had a great uh, wheat la coche. Wheat la coche. Oh, love wheat la coche. Enchilada. Oh, man. Today um, or yesterday. Mm-hmm. My days blend together. That's that's okay. Because <laughs> it's funny because, you know, we've diverged. We went down the road where we're just talking about food now, specific food. I'm like, man, you know, I could use some any hula coche some enchiladas like any any of it i could use it all right exactly now. so but you know, you know there's one thing I, when i've been talking to people kind of a, a a note to finish up on with you but 
you've remained healthy, which is great because a lot of people they succumb to the the lifestyle and then they really it's at the loss of their their health and their their physical stability. You know, uh, how do you find it working so much and being around booze, being around food? How do you find that works out for your personal relationships? Because it's a it's a hard balance for a lot of people. It is, and you know. I, you know, I should practice what I preach, but everything in moderation. Right, right. Um, I've definitely <laughs> had many a crazy night. Yeah. From tequila, from sure. mezcal, from the fun things. Yeah. But <laughs> broke my nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All things you learn from. Sure. And, you know, all things you carry with you into kind of your next night, your next adventure right, out. Right. Um, but I've, I don't know. I've, I feel like I've also been very lucky. <laughs> I've, I've had a couple close calls. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean close call? Just like the, with the law, with, with the oh, gun? Oh, yeah. I've been, oh, gotcha. I, Mm. No, you don't talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I've I've uh I've definitely been pulled over. Yeah. Like knowing that I've had too much to drink. Right, right. Which not cool on my part. Yeah. Um but somehow worked out and right. didn't go anywhere, nothing came of that. But that shit scares you and it changes you and it, it does, yeah. Kind of just takes things. once, right? Like, and then that yeah. changes everything. Yeah, it just puts things in a different perspective. Yeah. It's interesting, you know. For sure. Uh, the business in the industry, if you will, it can cause a lot of rifts with people. Right. And uh, at the sake of your own personal relationships sometimes. Yeah. You know, and I've seen it. And it's good, good to see you're doing really a good job. And it, obviously it's all built because you're a talented guy and you know how to talk to people, which is really, really nice of fighting personality, all these things. But, you know, I really look forward to seeing what you guys pull off with the Peruvian gastro pub. And I can't remember the name because I just can't pronounce it. Nicely. Barranco. Barranco. See, I can't. B-A-R-R-A-N-C-O. Okay. Barranco. So when are you guys scheduled to trans translate that concept? Hopefully ahead of Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. Um, we've been steadily upgrading it. Mm -hmm. um, we have a great awning coming in. Yeah. Um, towards like first or end of November, probably mm -hmm. after Thanksgiving. Cool. <laughs> we have fun, fun to get through. Oh, man. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the taco cannon is an iconic part of fun, fun, fun fest, despite injuries, despite <laughs> warm tacos, despite any of it. So, but this year you guys are the taco cannon. El Cholito is the taco cannon. That's incredible. And come to find out El Cholito has actually done fun, fun, fun fest before, but uh -huh. in fun, fun's very first year. Oh, wow. We well, yeah. this uh, 10 years this year, right? Yeah. So, 2005. Carlos I, and Orlando were telling me about that I, the other day. I that's was like, really? That's insane. I think that's the year that I played Fun, Fun, Fun Fest. Did you really? Long ass time ago. MGMT opened up for us. No. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Wait, what was your, what was your band's uh, it's, name? It's called Clap Clap. So, it's a, a dance. 
a dance band with too many members that clapped on stage and clapped and everything. <laughs> but I remember MGMT was just like, they were just unloading their stuff and packing up when we were setting up on stage. Damn. Yeah. But so, Taco Cannon, you guys are going to be the Cannon and the Tacos? Or do you have to borrow that Cannon? Like, how does that? So, the, the Taco Cannon is just a, a thing, an entity yes, unto itself. An entity. You're right. We provide the ammunition. Good. For the taco cannons. Right now I'm having um some bandanas made uh-huh. because you have to you have to wrap the taco uh-huh. in foil. Right. Is that but that's then, merely to keep it fresh and hot, right? Right. But then they found out, I guess, through experience that uh-huh. just tacos in foil create taco <laughs> shrapnel. So they're like, no, 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 we have to <laughs> we have to wrap these in something else. I'm having the some... fact that we're shooting tacos from a cannon. <laughs> very postmodern. This may be how war is conducted in the future. You know, like this tin foil shooting out of a cannon. So that creates taco shrapnel. Needs mm. to be wrapped in a bandana to soften the blow. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, or a t-shirt. So I'm having. Fair enough. I'm right. having some t-shirts made. I'm having some bandanas made. Mm-hmm. Um having some signage for the event made That's crazy and the logistics to plan all of that and serve. Mm-hmm. Cause I think their cap is 30,000 people Holy per day. Crap. So that amount of food yeah. coupled with that amount of publicity, you got to land it. You got to do it you right. You have to. Yeah. And like, we just really want to knock this thing out of the park and yeah. hopefully be invited back. And That's crazy. It's, uh, are you guys have a team of, of people wor- working on how to make a more aerodynamic taco? <laughs> <laughs> not, not that well, actually, we have... <laughs> uh, actually, t- t- taquitos are more aerodynamic. It's true. It's true. Less mass, right? They can fly through air. But we'll be doing a, a carne asada taco, mm-hmm. pollo asado taco, and we've made a fun, fun vegetal taco. Ooh, what's in that? Uh, nopalitos, carrots, poblanos, onions, and mushrooms. Oh, man. We also played with the idea, because it has mushrooms in it. Yeah, we, yeah. We were like, maybe we should call it the fun, fun, fun guy oh, taco. Just shoot him at Perry Farrell the whole time <laughs> when Jane's Addiction's playing. Because <laughs> he, I, I believe he's a, he's a vegetarian vegan guy. But that, that's a... Man, it's so exciting to, to, to catch a taco, to determine how what tacos you should shoot out mm-hmm. you know the branding and all of that how do you soften the shrapnel from a taco mm-hmm. it's gotta be i can't imagine you've ever imagined you would be working on such a project i never did yeah I never it takes did. you in strange places this industry doesn't it does yeah but i love it i think so. I, I, think I i don't blame you i wouldn't have it any other way yeah it's a wonderful industry and now that i think about it i'll probably be in this industry for a long time once yeah. you once you find a way in it's hard to find your way out it's very true it's like the the maze and the shining but less killing <laughs> <laughs> honestly restaurant people are my favorite people yeah they're so engaging mm-hmm. and and what i've experienced they're the most real people or industry people. I think so. They're the most authentic and genuine. And, you know, you, you're in the trenches side by side when you're like waiting tables or right. like running through the kitchen. Go and through the worst. You go through the best. Exactly. Together. Yeah, exactly. And the, that, 
that shows you sides of people and it shows you the worst of people. Yeah. It shows you the best of people. And I think that kind of intensity is addicting for me. Is it? And I love it. Well, I'm, I'm really ecstatic. We got to ch- sit and chat about it and all your projects are just really exceptional things. I can't wait to see this new proven guest prep. Thanks so much for chatting with me, Brian. Thank Talk you for you. having me. This Thank has you. been awesome. So there we have it. Interview with Brian Lance Gonzalez of the El Chile Group. I learned about a Peruvian gastropub that I cannot get to fast enough. I want some tapas. I want some pisco. In whatever order, you will deliver them. Great guy, really open. And I hope that you are not only titillated, but you are interested in the restaurants that El Chile has. This is Show to V. I'm Mike G. Thanks so much for listening today. And remember to keep dancing. Keep dancing.